This is Jay Barris of Sidley Austin with the Mutual Fund Minute. The Financial Stability Board, or FSB, is laser-focused on money market funds, mutual funds, and private funds. Specifically, the FSB is concerned that leverage in these funds and other so-called non-bank financial institutions could lead to market volatility and, worse, could destabilize the global financial system. What does this mean for U.S. investors and U.S. funds? With me today in Washington, D.C. is Joel Feinberg, head of Sidley's financial institutions practice. Joel, what exactly is the Financial Stability Board? Thanks, Jay. It's good to be with you today. The Financial Stability Board, or FSB as it calls itself, it's an international body. It monitors and makes recommendations about the global financial system. And it was created by the leaders of the G20 nations. The primary purpose of the FSB is to promote international financial stability. And it does this by coordinating with national financial regulators with the goal of encouraging them to adopt strong regulatory, supervisory, and other financial sector policies. Among other things, it assesses vulnerabilities affecting the global financial system. That is, it assesses systemic risk to the global financial system. And then it tries to figure out ways to address those risks. Who makes up the FSB? Is it a European entity or is it truly global? So this is truly global. The FSB members consist of financial regulators from countries and governments around the world. And that includes the US and the UK, the EU, Canada, Argentina, China, Japan, Saudi Arabia. It includes France, Germany, and several others, as well as representatives of organizations such as the World Bank and the IMF. What about in the US? In the U.S., the SEC is a participating member. So the U.S. representative for the SEC is Gary Gensler. The Fed is a participating member. So Michael Barr from the Fed is a participant and Treasury is as well. So Nellie Lang, the Undersecretary for Domestic Finance at Treasury, participates. Why do we care what the FSB thinks? That's a great question. We care about the FSB because it's a thought leader on financial stability. And by thought leader, I think you could translate that to a a regulatory barometer. So when the FSB identifies an issue at a high level and recommends how to address that issue, financial regulators, including the SEC, the Fed, and Treasury in the US, are likely to use those recommendations as a basis for future regulation of the US markets. Or at least, they're likely to seriously consider those recommendations If the FSB says an issue is important, it may be a harbinger of things to come. Thanks, Joel. The FSB recently published its 2023 annual report called Promoting Global Financial Stability. The report identifies vulnerabilities in the global financial system resulting from, among other things, higher interest rates and uncertainties in the global economy. Additionally, this report specifically calls out non-bank financial institutions, which include a broad range of institutions, including private funds. Let's drill down on that. To to start, what are the FSB's concerns about non-bank financial institutions? So the FSB is concerned about financial stability risks that could arise from non-bank financial institutions, or sometimes they call them MBFIs, from their leverage. And the FSB notes in the 2023 annual report that it is, quote, coordinating work to assess 
and address systemic risk, close quote, of these non-bank financial institutions. And it discusses this in a section of the report that is, I think, quite tellingly titled, Enhancing the Resilience of Non-Bank Intermediation. That's a mouthful. What does that mean? Well, it means that the FSB has identified areas where it believes that non-bank financial institutions present significant risks to the global financial system, and, and it's attempting to address them. Specifically, though, what are they concerned about? Sure. So the FSB starts out with some t- statistics to sort of uh, demonstrate why they're concerned. They point out that nearly half of all global financial assets are held by non-bank financial institutions, up from nearly 42% in 2008, right before the onset of the global financial crisis. And the report says these non-bank financial institutions have become more diversified and more interconnected. So in an understated way, the FSB is expressing alarm that market turmoil and stresses in various financial markets underscore the need for us to have, quote-unquote, resilience in these non-bank financial institutions. Well, what do they mean by strengthening the resilience of non-bank financial institutions? Haven't they already demonstrated resilience? Well, the FSB is really getting at this. They want non-bank financial institutions to be strong enough so that in another market meltdown, they won't need government intervention. And you have to remember that during the last global financial crisis, the U.S. government stepped in to bail out or rescue, if you will, various large non-bank financial institutions that they deemed too big to fail. And this government intervention extended to money market funds that were concerned about breaking the buck, if I recall correctly. The issue here focused on liquidity rather than credit. Is that the case? That's right. And that's one of the main issues that the FSB is concerned about. In FSB speak, this is called a focus on, quote, amplifiers of liquidity stress, close quote. Thanks. Well, let's come back to that. The the FSB talks about liquidity imbalances. What do they mean by liquidity imbalances in the context of, a say, a money market fund? Sure, Jay. Say a money market fund holds a large amount of longer maturity or illiquid assets. In times of severe financial distress, a large number of its shareholders or customers may want to cash out right away. You know, this we refer to as a run. If a money market fund faces large redemptions, it may not have the liquidity to meet the redemptions at that time. I mean, this happened in 2008 when the reserve fund broke the buck. Well, this concern about liquidity imbalances applies to other funds as well. What's the concern there? The FSB also expressed the same concern about open-end funds. In the U.S., these are mutual funds. Again, liquidity imbalances refers to the situation when a non-bank financial institution like a money market fund, a mutual fund, or a private fund may have to sell those longer-term assets at unfavorable terms or into a down market, creating losses. And unlike banks, the thinking goes, These institutions don't necessarily have capital requirements that could serve as a buffer or a cushion. The SEC also talks about what they call market shock. What is this? Yeah, the FSB is concerned that liquidity mismatches could amplify market shocks. So, for example, a spike in the demand for liquidity could force mutual funds to sell large amounts of assets across multiple markets at the same time, creating stress on those markets which in turn creates a snowball effect. 
This can happen when you have unexpectedly large margin calls for derivatives or securities trades, when market participants cannot meet those calls. This happened in 2020 during what they call the dash for cash episode. Well, let's get back to what the FSB refers to as amplifiers of liquidity stress. What do they mean by that? Right. So the FSB defines key amplifiers to mean activities and types of entities that could exacerbate liquidity imbalances, which could place stress on the global financial markets. If the FSB also refers to concern about liquidity spikes. What does that mean? They're concerned that when there's a spike in the demand for liquidity, the providers of that liquidity to non-bank financial institutions may not be able to keep up with the demand. So for example, these non-bank financial institutions may not have ready access to sufficient short-term capital or broker dealers may not be able to step in and take the other side of trades. Well, let's just for a moment talk about market volatility. The FSB seems laser focused on the possibility that the global financial markets could have sudden movements and become more volatile at any time, possibly putting further stress on the global financial system. Yep. They're concerned that rising interest rates could lead to inflation and economic uncertainty, setting the stage for volatility. And when non-bank financial institutions are highly leveraged, the dangers from volatility, the FSB would say, are amplified, especially when these institutions don't have sufficient access to liquidity. So what does the FSB suggest how global financial regulators should address this concern? Yeah, the FSB says that it's working to address systemic risk in non-bank financial institutions. And the FSB also says that it proposed revisions to its policy recommendations to address structural liquidity mismatch, mismatches rather in open-end funds. So it's working with standard-setting bodies to enhance margining practices. And finally, it's launched policy work on non-bank leverage. Why is that significant? Well, these recommendations are vague and broad, but if you look around the corner, this simple statement could set the stage for increased attempts to impose prudential regulation on non-bank financial institutions, including money market funds, mutual funds, closed-end funds, and private funds. And by prudential regulation, I mean the kinds of regulation that apply to banks and bank holding companies today. The SEC has been moving in the direction of increased regulation, and FSOC, the Financial Stability Oversight Council, has proposed guidance that would make it easier to designate a non-bank financial institution as systemically important. Do you think that we will see this trend continue? Well, I certainly think that is one very reasonable way to interpret the FSB's report. Well, thanks very much, Joel. This is Jay Barris of Sidley Austin with the Mutual Fund Minute. This presentation has been prepared by Sidley Austin LLP and affiliated partnerships, the firm, for informational purposes and is not legal advice. This information is not intended to create and receipt of it does not constitute a lawyer-client relationship. All views and opinions expressed in this presentation are our own and you should not act upon this information without seeking advice from a lawyer licensed in your own jurisdiction. The firm is not responsible for any errors or omissions in the content of this presentation or for damages arising from the use or performance of this presentation under any circumstances. Do not send us confidential information until you speak with one of our lawyers and receive our authorization to send that information to us. Providing information to the firm will not create an attorney-client relationship in the absence of an express agreement by the firm to create such a relationship, and will not prevent the firm from representing someone else in connection with the matter in question 
or a related matter. The firm makes no warranties, representations, or claims of any kind concerning the information presented on or through this presentation. Attorney Advertising, Sidley Austin LLP, 1 South Dearborn, Chicago, Illinois, 60603, 1-312-853-7000. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome.